Let's go to uh, one of the bright lights in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Our good friend, the play-by-play voice for the Minnesota Twins, Corey Provis, joins us now. And, Corey, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for being on with us. John, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, we've had a chance to catch up, and uh, it's great to hear from you. And thanks for having me on. Oh, man, I sure appreciate it. Uh, you, uh, what have you been doing to spend your time with no baseball this year? <laughs> Well, my, my hair is the longest it's been since I was, like, 19. Uh, so I'm just having some fun. And, you know, those that, that don't know what I look like, I'm, you know, follically challenged. So I said, what's the uh, what's the harm in just letting it grow? And we'll see what happens. And my, my wife and uh, my, my kids are having a blast with it. My, my seven- and four-year-old, Dave, they've never seen me like this. So it's been, it's been fun. So I've had some, you know, it's hard to find silver linings in all this. But the one that I keep going back to is, uh, is the family time that I've just never had before, where I've just not been able to be around as much as I have been uh, since mid-March. So that's been the, the one bright spot through all this through all this pain and suffering on a whole different uh, variety of levels. Uh, that's what I keep going back to is my family. Yeah, that, I, amen to that. I agree with you. Same here. Find the silver lining. And for us, it's been uh, more family time. So you can appreciate that. You're there in Minneapolis, which has been, uh, you know, if anything could knock the uh, coronavirus off the front page, uh, it happened from Minnesota there. Uh, it it kind of give us the, the uh, I guess, the mood or the atmosphere there in Minnesota. Well, yesterday was uh, was George Floyd's memorial service, so that uh, certainly was was a huge story, and as it should be. I mean, you know that that Memorial Day um, in Minneapolis, uh, it just it changed everything. And uh, you know, I think those that that saw the, I saw the video the next day, just watching the local news, and I didn't know what happened until uh, the next morning, and then I saw it, and the, you know, the anchor comes on, and they say it's going to be graphic, and and I'm preparing for my to, to watch that myself, but I had no idea that I was going to witness murder. Hmm. I just had no idea I was going to witness a police officer murder an African-American. And it just it shook me then. It still has shaken me since. And you've seen the results, not just uh, around here, but really across the globe uh, of what's happened with all this. So it's been... Um, it was it was a scary, awful, awful sight to see, and uh, I'm sorry that we had to do that. Yeah, uh, well said, and uh, appreciate your perspective on that. And then you know, and then things really got violent after that. You know, protests are one thing, but uh, you know, with the looting and the the burning and things like that, that seemed like it, it looked like Minneapolis or that area of Minneapolis was just going up in smoke. Yeah, it really did, you know, and I, and, you know, there, there's certainly, uh, we have some friends that, that own one of the businesses that, um, that was just burned down. And so what we did was, you know, as I said, my kids are seven and my seven-year-old especially, I, I, I think he is getting it a little bit. And we've had some pretty frank discussions about this hmm. and about race and about racism and, you know, trying to educate him, but also my four-year-old daughter about it. And our words can only do so much. I think at that age, images do more. So we, we drove down as a family, and then uh, we saw it. We saw the destruction, but we also saw the, the peaceful protesting going on. We could put our windows down and hear, you know, people speaking on megaphones. And then we also spent some time volunteering for a few hours at a food shelter to gather supplies, to gather food, to help out in, uh, in, in, in part of St. Paul that got hurt, you know, pretty badly with everything uh, the last week or 10 days. So I think 
teaching them is one thing coming from our perspective, but to show them the destruction and how angry and how rightfully so people were angry and as they should be. And, you know, the protesting was fantastic. Uh, it was peaceful. The rioting was a whole different story. The looting was a different story. Uh, the destruction, you know, was, was awful to see. But, man, there were moments when you would see, you know, thousands of people peacefully protesting near, you know, the governor's mansion or peacefully protesting on various streets and highways throughout the Twin Cities. And those were images that I thought were also important to educate to our children. And, you know, again, they're seven and four. I don't know how much it resonates with them, but I, we felt, my wife and I felt that as parents, we'd be foolish not to at least try and, and we will see what happens uh, you know, after that. Yeah, great learning uh, life lesson there for, uh, for your kids, for everybody, really, to see. Do you live close to that area, or how far away do you live? I mean, Minneapolis is—so I'm from Chicago. Right. Uh, but, you know, you know, you get out of Chicago a little bit, and it, it's, it's, you can go pretty far out before you're really in the heart of the city. Minneapolis, everything is—and you know, we live in, in the West Metro. Everything is a lot closer. Okay. Everything is, is, is like we're just six miles away from, from, from all that. It's, it's, so it's not far. Uh, do we live in the center of it? No, but we're not far. I mean, it's a 15-minute it it drive, uh, so it's not like we're talking an hour or two hours away here. So you feel it. I mean, the, the suburbs of Minneapolis, uh, they're pretty close to, to the city. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good-sized city. It's not a massive city, mm-hmm. but it's a good-sized city. Uh, so everything, you're not too far removed from all of it, so you feel it. Uh, but I have some really good friends uh, that live just, you know, really maybe a mile away from all of it, and they were on their decks, and they could smell the, the, the tear gas. They could hear, you know, uh, the explosions. They could hear whether it was rubber bullets or actual ammunition being, but they could hear all of it. And, um, you know, some friends uh, of ours just moved away from that. They kind of went a little bit farther out to, to kind of live with uh, some friends and family because it just didn't feel safe. Um, but we weren't right next to it. But, again, you're not talking too far either. Corey Provis, our guest, play-by-play voice for the Minnesota Twins. Thanks for sharing with us about that. Um, let's talk some baseball. Uh, I saw a tweet yesterday that uh, 2020 MLB announcers, uh, radio and TV, won't travel. Uh, what, what do you know about that and how set in stone is that? I don't know if it's set in stone yet, but I, I think that's that's what I felt all along. I mean, you, you know this, John. I think that there are far more important people on, on the food chain than than what we do. I mean, they, we we have a we have an important role. Don't get me wrong, but they have to get everything else ironed out first. You know, medically speaking, that was that was paramount. You know, get everything medically sound, then go from there. And now the economics are going to drive this thing either to to it's going to happen or it won't. Uh, which would be uh, which would be a shame. But as for the the announcing part of it, what I'm gathering is that, that that's probably going to happen. Is that uh, home games um, will be a Target Field where the Twins play, uh, no fans, and that'll be fine. Uh, and then when the team travels, we will have some sort of most likely a command center, a broadcast center at the ballpark. I don't think we do it from our homes. I think we would just drive as a group to, to the ballpark and probably, you know, do it from there. And you know, I, was on a, I was on a call with some other broadcasters about this, um, and, and I've done basketball off a monitor before. Um, and I would imagine doing football off a monitor is not totally impossible because if you think about football, too, 
the ball stays continuously in the same shot right. from the beginning of action to the end, right? From right. The quarterback taking the snap, throwing the receipt, you can see all that in one shot. Same with basketball. You know, a guy shoots a three at the top of the key, you see the beginning and you see the result in the same frame on your monitor. Baseball is different. I mean, baseball, every fly ball, you don't know if it's going to be hit 500 feet or 300 feet. Um, so there's going to be – it's going to take time. It's going to be – you have to practice. Uh, there's going to be some bumps. There's, it's not going to be, you know, award-winning broadcasting, but I think we'll get better at it over time. And I think people will learn. I think people if, – if you're transparent about it too, John, if you're not, you know, if you're not lying about it, then you, you, everybody knows that sure. you're not there. There's going to be some bumps. Hang with us. We're going to do our best, and we're going to get better at it. I, I think over time – I think people, I think announcers will get better, and I think people will probably learn that it's okay. It's not, it's not great, but it beats the alternative, and hopefully it's just for this one season. Well, we can all talk to John Shambi, and uh, he's kind of laying the groundwork, right, with the Korean games he's doing on the yeah. ESPN. Yeah, and they're doing it, you know, they have, you know, they're not working together. I mean, they're not working in the same room. Right. So right. you notice that they're, they're talking over each other a little bit, and that's going to happen. But we hope to avoid that because the plan is, at least as I understood it, is that it's myself and my broadcast partner, Dan Gladden, that we'd be in the same booth, that we'd be in the same room. Now, do we have a piece of plexiglass up between us? I'd like to see that happening. I don't think we'll do it in masks, but I think we, we will be able to see each other. We'll be able to talk to each other. And I think in that, in that you know, idea, and that uh, you know possibility, I think you won't have as much of maybe what you're seeing on ESPN and ESPN two, where you have the guys talking over one another. Corey, the Twins had a really good season in 2019, over 100 wins. They won the AL Central. Do you expect them to build on that momentum once things get going, or do you think it'll be a delay with all the the mishaps that have been happening? That's a good question. I mean, uh, in a really small look at this, uh, you know, you know, this all began, of course, with the pandemic and COVID. From a Twins standpoint, solely a Minnesota Twins standpoint, that this came at a really bad time because the team was going to be pretty good. I'm not saying they were a World Series favorite, but they were certainly the favorite to win the division, and they had arguably the best lineup in baseball entering the year. Just so many weapons up and down the lineup coming back. You know, the record-setting home run season of 307 uh, last year. It was going to be a potent, potent lineup. So, you know, it, that, that part of it, it hurts that, they, that we won't see this team play a complete schedule. You know, what the number is going to be, and I'm still an optimist, fellas. I still think they're going to have a season, and I know what you're seeing right now isn't great. You know, I, I don't know what the firm deadline is, but I think the next 10 days are vital. Uh, I think those, I think they, you get to mid-June, you're, you're in trouble. But if it's like a 60-game season, I don't think it'll be 100 games. I think they're really worried about medically November. I think that a, that a second spike from what they're gathering is going to happen. Not if, but, but, but it's going to happen. That I think that they want to remove any possibility of interrupting the postseason, the World Series in November. Because that, be, that would be catastrophic. If they start this season but don't get the postseason in and they lose all that postseason revenue, then this was all for nothing. So it's vital that they get that in. That's why I think if it's a 65, 75, I could see them kind of, you know, working at that number. And then they got to figure out the finances, which is a whole separate mountain to climb. But I think if they do that, you know, that the Twins still have a good team. But then you also might look at a team like the Royals. I mean, who knows? They weren't expected to be great, but 
and they play an outstanding stretch of six weeks, seven weeks of baseball and make it interesting, you, you never know. That could be the fascinating part about it where you thought a team had no shot over six months, or maybe 65, 70 games they do. I was reading an article the other day, and it was talking about your uh, your favorite calls that you've made, and you referenced the, it was the Euchre in you as far as one of them. What is one of the most important lessons you learned during your time working with Bob Euchre? Oh, man, let it breathe. Uh, let it breathe. Bob is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a big champion of that. And, and we're spoiled at, at the big league level because we have all these different you know, false mics, and we can hear, you know, the crack of the bat. We could hear popping of the glove. We can hear vendors. We can hear the crowd. And if you have that luxury, which you don't at the minor league level most times, uh, but we do at the big league level, it's, it's a part of the broadcast. So let people in. The idea of people driving around or working on their deck or out on the boat fishing, whatever they're doing outside, the sounds of the game, I think, can help tell as good of a story at times as your own words. And so Bob is a champion of just let it breathe. You don't have to say the monotonous play-by-play doesn't have to be there all the time. Don't miss the big ones. Don't miss the action. But it's okay, the two O's outside, to pause for 15 seconds. You're still there, and people can hear the crowd. They'll hear different things happening. And then, you know, you say the two O. And that's, you know, a fastball and inside corner for sure. Just so that concept of let the game breathe is, is something that, I, that I've never forgotten and have really taken uh, heart to uh, as I've continued my career. It's really good advice. What, uh, what are you doing to stay engaged, to stay up on uh, whatever's going on with the team? And uh, you, you doing any uh, broadcasting of your uh, kids' uh, Candy Crush games or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I, I tried to broadcast my daughter's four and a half year old uh, ballet. There you go. There you go. And that uh, that was that was an epic fail. <laughs> I just mixed I just mixed up the pliés, the revelés, and they should pay. I just I'd like you know, to see I that mixed video. Up all the terminology. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> but no broadcasting uh, for a while. I guess I guess you were at spring training, right? Had you done yeah. some games in spring training? Yeah, well, I was down there a couple times. Uh, I went back and forth a little bit. So the last game. I did. Uh, whenever I was mid March, uh, we, we did a we did a night game. Um, I was with Jim Pot actually, and the Twins game. And then all of a sudden that night or that day, or I man, I think it was after that. I think when I got home, and then we found out that the Utah Jazz player tested yeah. positive yeah. for COVID, and that that was it. And then baseball followed the next day. And uh, but you know, it, it seems like the the NBA is figuring it out, NHL is figuring it out. And again, I just I can't see how baseball can't figure this out and i'm going to remain optimistic until i'm told otherwise but i but i believe in my gut right now that, that we will have baseball yeah well i hope you're right we're all pulling for that it'd be a lot of fun and and would be a step forward i mean we need things to get going close to normal uh when when they can uh as soon as possible uh it's great to visit with you i sure appreciate your time y'all you be safe and i uh, hope to see you down the road John, a pleasure as always, and uh, great to catch up, and all the best to you and your family. Thank you, bud. You too. Appreciate it. Corey Provis, great voice of the uh, Minnesota Twins.